Hello, everyone. This is the OCRWC podcast. My name is Matt Willis, your guest host for this episode, coming at you with Nicole Miracle, 2019 Spartan World Champion, 2019 OCR World Championship 3K Champion. And we're going to talk about all things just kind of general with the sport right now, just kind of what's going on, because we have you know, a small fun event that some people are waiting for in the next four weeks that happens in the to be in the mountains of Vermont. And, you know, we're going to run around, jump and climb on things. It's going to be a good time. So, Nicole, thank you for making some time in your busy schedule to come talk to my crazy face today. It's great to be here. I'm excited to chat OCR and OCRWC specifically. Heck Yes. So with everything that has been going on, obviously, this, this past year and a half, two years, we've all you know, been suffering. Uh, you, you mentioned it earlier, and I think that's kind of the best word uh, to describe it as kind of stir craziness to where we're all really just anxious to get out and do stuff uh, again, just in general, but especially us OCR people, because uh, we're, we're a special kind of crazy <laughs> with the sport that we do here with everything that's involved. So with, uh, with everything coming up, what do you, what, what, what's some of this, the best things that, that you're looking forward to seeing so far at this year's OCR world championship coming up, knowing that it's, back in Vermont again, that it's going to be in the full throes of fall. What, uh, what, what are you, what are you looking forward to most about it so far? Man, you know, um, you kind of nailed it. Like, I think that a lot of OCR athletes are used to racing every single month. And so, yes, we've been reintroduced to racing this year, but it's been at a lower volume to some extent. And, there's even, you know, things up in the air in the future too. And so I know a lot of people are looking forward to OCRWC and it's going to be a chance to see someone like, you know, VJ Jones back on, you know, a a really high playing field. And hopefully I know that there's travel restrictions, but I'm, I'm hoping to see, you know, people like John Albin and Ida and, um, my fellow somewhat injured buddy, Leon, back on the course, head to head against the, the Americans. So Leon, oh man, he, I, I remember, uh, the last OCR worlds. Um, it was, we, we were, uh, our, my team, uh, got third in that one. Logan Broadbent handed me the timing chip. Uh, and we, then we all went through the strength section and I threw my timing chip at Amy Patrick and, sh- and she went off, did her thing. And as soon as his teammate gave, gave him the timing chip, I have never seen a human being accelerate that fast before in my life. I watched him go op- up and over those sawtooth monkey bars in less than 15 seconds. And if you remember how long those monkey bars were, Mm-hmm. That was insane. So I, I cannot wait to see him out there as well. I mean, he's because I believe he's he should be back at full right about now. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, Leon's still building back his running. Obviously, his obstacle game is super solid. He'll oh, be- yeah, that will never go away. That man is that man's a beast. <laughs> I think he's only gotten stronger in his upper body <laughs> during this time. But I do think he's still building back in terms of the running. So He's planning on being at the, the OCRWC course, planning on racing, but injuries are fickle things. And 
there's up and downs. And so uh, I think we have to kind of wait and see if he's going to be back in full force there. And but and not just... you definitely, definitely talk talking about proficiency. You know, someone like VJ also is someone who we've seen a race this year, but um, let's be honest, like Spartan just doesn't have the same obstacles that we they do not <laughs> nowhere. I mean, I mean, much love to Spartan over, over the years, you know, <laughs> they got a spot near and dear to the hearts for all of us, but guys, y'all need some more dynamic obstacles. Come on, come on. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be fun to see people, people like VJ, Leon, Amy too, just like really fly on obstacles. It's like, it's the next level. It's more, it's closer to something like Ninja Warrior. And I think it's, I think it's the most fun spectator race to watch. I completely agree. They, they do a great job at having, I mean, A, just spectatable areas in the first place that are just wide enough for, you know, just swaths of people along with just a good amount of obstacles to just watch people do some work and go crazy. I remember the Kempson design obstacle at Noram pre, the, the last year that it was at Stratton at the bottom of the mountain where it was, you had to get a full sprint, like running start to then jump and swing and crazy. And it was right there in the middle of the observation area. So that, that was just being able to watch that on the, on the side after, after running was also just an absolute blast. So I'm a hundred percent with you there. Now uh, on obstacles for sure. And so on the, on the whole travel restrictions for people that we can and can't see this year and all that, there's been a lot of, you know, just general chatter of, you know, people saying, Oh, they shouldn't call it the world championships anymore. And things to that effect. It's like, okay, I get that. Yeah. We're, it's going to be an asterisk, but you know, in my mind, it's still going to be, an event where the best athletes in the world that can make it are going to be there and it's still going to be a throwdown, right? Totally. Yeah. I think every single event across the world right now will have an asterisk to some degree, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not a reason to not hold an event. It's not a reason to even change the name. I don't, I don't think, I think that, you know, have the events. People want to race. I think it's up to the person to take the risks of travel and racing. And, and yeah, there's some, some of it is out of people's hands in different countries, but I think that if we can hold it, we should do it. Exactly. And, and, and we've, you know, cause we, we saw that happen. I mean, hell at the Olympics and then the, the pre-classic a couple weeks ago, and then the diamond league finals that, that just happened in, it was, it was Paris, right? I can't, I think, I think it was in, I think it was in France for the Diamond League finals that, that just happened as well. Yeah. Where Jakob Ingebrigtsen just threw down again. Jesus, that man is fast. Oh man. He is, <laughs> is going to rule the middle distance for like the next 10 years, I think. But back to OCR, I digress. <laughs> so with, now with, with all this going on, so we've also seen a whole bunch of different uh, course designers over the year, years, which is great because then we get a lot of fresh eyes. It's not just, you know, one person who only does, you know, this race or that race or anything. And now we have Brett Stewart and, and Sid as our, as our race director and lead builder. And have you done many, many events where, where, where coach Sid has, has created some of the crazy obstacles or seen some of the new stuff like hit at the battle of the lions so far this year? You know, I don't know. I haven't been to a battle of the lions of battle of 
the Lions event. <laughs> But has he? But he's designed other courses too, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 He he's uh he's designed other courses and other OCR. But now he's the actual. But he's the the head builder for this year, and Brett Stewart designing the course. So so with 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 that set of eyes, I'm and and just people running it. I think that this is going to be. I don't. I'm not, I'm not going to say less less dense obstacle wise, but I think what we're going to see and kind of what we said uh, earlier is we're gonna see like a lot more dynamic obstacles that require a lot more kind of presence of mind of how your body is moving and how you're carrying yourself through obstacles. And there's gonna be kind of less brute forcing or, or, or things of that effect. So, so what are, yeah, so like finesse based obstacles and things to that effect. So what are, what are some of the favorite things that you've seen in the past in some of those obstacles that you would want to see again or how they would expand on that even? I do like the idea of obstacles that are doable for someone or, you know, for 70, 80% of the field. But if you have a higher level of skill or of strength, you can potentially do it in a much faster way. So, and it's, it's something that it's, it's hard to design obstacles that way, but when you hit it, it's like, it's so awesome to see because you, you have most of the field able to complete it and, and it's hard. It's almost in some ways harder for them sometimes if it takes, if it's taking them 30 seconds to a minute and someone else can come in and fly through it in like eight seconds. And then you get to see people just like take chances and, and do some pretty, pretty crazy stunts. And that line in particular reminds me way back when OCR Worlds was just starting and it was in Ohio, uh, uh, Brad Cloa, actually, I remember at one point uh, there was a section of the course where it was, I think the, I think the negative slope was like 55 degrees or something absolutely insane like that. And there were three kind of walls just built on the downhill and someone was saying, oh, well, we, we need to make a way for people to get down quickly and safely. And Brad said, nah, let the athlete make the choice. And then he literally just ran and like did a base slide down part of the mountain and then said, look, let people take the chance and let people take the risk. It's going to be their choice how they want to get through this quickly or not. <laughs> That, are you talking about the year that it was super rainy in Canada? And no, no, no. That uh, Ohio. That that was actually the oh, second yeah. the 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 second OCR Worlds where it was still at the mud. Uh, oh, it wasn't mud guts and glory. I can't remember the name of the of the permanent course, but it was it was a good time. But yeah, that's that second year in Canada where it was rainy. Don't 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 talk to anyone about that sandbag carry coming down that mountain. Nuh-uh, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's another one where I don't really know if it made it easier or I'm definitely more dangerous than <laughs> just sliding straight down it. Yeah, yeah, tre treachery was abound. Thanks, <laughs> nature. I'm gonna love it when that happens. Yeah. So, all right. So, with with all that happening right now, and with the the, the athletes that we kind of know, or at least have an inkling of going to be there. What are some of your predictions? What do you think is going to be happening in the mix with some of the people in the fields here? Okay. So maybe let's start with the men's field. Yeah. Yeah. Whichever you want to start. Okay. So for sure. I know, I know VJ 
wants the, that win. He, he actually, he wants it so bad. He's already convinced himself he's got it. <laughs> he's, he is visualizing it. He is ready. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we have Leon. I do think that John Alban is, Alban is trying to get over. I don't know what the status is on him. And then I think we'll see Aaron Newell there. That's my, my guess. I think they'll, he'll do better there than Tahoe and it's closer for him. So that's someone who, um, he's been injured recently. He is definitely building his running fitness back, but Mm -hmm. as long as he can run and I think the train is beneficial for him, you know, his obstacle game is super solid. And so he's somebody to not discount. And then yes. Besides him, I don't know who who else do you have? So that that's so you you brought up a a very salient point right there in that the people that you've mentioned are pretty much the ones that we know in the on the men's side have committed to that because Tahoe is happening the exact same weekend. So so it's one of those is like do do I have enough points in the, in the, in the U S national series to, to skip that and then go to OCR worlds and all that. And the field and that one is looking so close to where I don't think that anyone who is fully in the mix for that will be full making the trip. I'm pretty sure, uh, Logan, uh, Logan Broadbent will be, but I think he's only going to be there for maybe the Sunday race. Uh, for the for the team race, uh, but I uh, I believe he's going to be doing the full Tahoe Saturday. I could be wrong on that one. If uh, but if he does that's decide gonna... to make the the full weekend, then oh, that'll be interesting to watch. I mean, he's he's also he's an injury warrior. He's also on obstacles. That's someone that I would think would do really well in the three k and the fifteen. Um, he showed to kind of step up his running and his distance game this year. So. Hopefully Logan comes. I would love to see mm-hmm. him. I prefer to see him at OCRWC, but that's all right. And so on, on the women's side, I know, th- I, I know that Alex is going to be in Tahoe. She's not going to be at OCRWC. Pretty sure Lindsay is also going to be in Tahoe as well. No, no Lindsay's going to be at OCRWC. Oh, 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 she is at OCRWC. Uh-huh. Sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm all over the place looking at the wrong lists here. So, and now there is, and there is a name, another Texas name that's kind of been spoken about here, there, um, Chris, Chris Rogloski. Yes. So, uh, so, so I, ha- I haven't, I haven't gotten confirmation from her either way on that one, but if she, if she does make OCR worlds, I think that she will be in the full mix uh, for for any and all races that she does, because I think she just got second in like a hundred mile race that she just did recently too. So she I know she's got the tank. Yeah, I would say um, it's really interesting. Like if you if you pair up Chris and Lindsay in something like OCRWC, where we see much more difficult grip and upper body obstacles there's a chance that if there's something that Lindsay can't do, you could see someone like Chris come out and, and, and even win it. Mm-hmm. I think that, that her, her running while it's gotten, while it's improved, it's not at the, the point that she would, uh, she would really be pushing Lindsay, but OCRWC mandatory obstacles. Um, you have things that, that are, that are truly challenging for even the, the very top athletes in the sport, like Lindsay and, and I've seen Lindsay struggle on some things before. So mm-hmm. 
I don't think it's out of the question that someone like Chris or, or someone like Ida, if she can make it over that yes. to, to come out victorious. And yeah. And I, and, and I've seen where I've seen, I've been to the, like the, the grit fitness facility that's uh, over at like Lake Jackson, Texas and all that. And their 80 foot rig outside is serious. I mean, to, to have that as, as an everyday training ground, plus everything that they have built inside is, I can 100% see why she is so strong on, on, on any sort of like grip and traversal exercise that a lot of other women have, have problems with. It's, it is an absolute playground that I'm kind of like, I, I, I would like that rig, please. Where can we build one? Where, Man, where? <laughs> I gotta out next time I'm in the Houston area. Yes, it's it's worth the drive to check out. Very much so. Who besides now, that? I'm trying to think. The, the that's the the committed list that is also not on travel restriction is mm. is small on that. So I haven't. Uh, so so the the majority of the names that we would think are going to be full in the mix are, are still a little bit up in the air. I think uh, within the next two weeks we'll be able to get a clearer picture of that. And then we'll be able to kind of see from there, but you know, it doesn't really help us much today. <laughs> <laughs> now we, we did kind of uh, mention earlier with, with the injury and you and I kind of talked about it a second, a uh, second ago as well. So with you there at o- OCL worlds this year, so you're going to be obviously not in commission during, during this race. So what uh, that you're going to be taking care of out there, are you just going to be out there more in spirit, just kind of work with some people, or are you going to be out there with some athletes as well? Um, so my team is also my, my dream team. So I have five, five athletes who are on the women's side of the sport, kind of like up and coming athletes. And two of them are also injured, unfortunately. Um, and they're the two that I would have, I would have expected to, or they were planning on going to OCRWC as well. Mm-hmm. So Lily, um, Lily Elkin, and then Morgan Schultz were both trying to go to OCRWC. And I think that, yeah, I, I, Morgan is, she is coming back from her stress fracture, but I have to talk to her, (laughs) but, (laughs) but in in terms of, uh, I mean, coming back from four weeks off, even it's kind of ambitious to jump into a really competitive race. So yeah, that, that, question, but <laughs> it's yeah. possible that the Morgan might race. <laughs> I would I mean, kind we, of steer her against it just for the sake of longevity. <laughs> yeah. And we, we all know that that first run back from any kind of like long time off is always kind of like the, the, the soul sucker of, Oh man, what happened to my lungs? Um, yeah, not even, I mean, not just that with, with OCR, you have crazy terrain. And so if you're coming off of a stress fracture in the lower leg, I think it's, I think it's not wise to just jump back into a really technical course. Especially since the, uh, I, I was looking at the elevation profile again this morning, uh, to where I think it was like a negative 37%, uh, decline on some of those downhills. So running down that coming wow. off of a stress <laughs> fracture, nah, not ideal. Not, no, no, not, not ideal. Now, now you mentioned that you had, you know, your team of athletes. So, so I, so you've been working with, uh, working to elevate for a while. So kind of real quick, give us the rundown for people who aren't completely familiar with that. Yeah. So the dream team started, um, out of a desire to improve the women's side of the sport. And by that, I mean, 
get more women into OCR, the participation numbers are just not equal to the men's side. And I think it's, I think it's a partly because of lack of confidence um, and maybe because the sport was kind of started more by more men and it's a little bit just more male dominated in general. Mm-hmm. So not anyone's fault, <laughs> but yeah. that's just kind of the, the facts that's the numbers. And so, yeah. yeah like, Cause, cause over like the past decade, it's been, it's been pretty much the same five to eight, you know, female names, at least on the U S side in every single event doesn't really matter what it is it's uh, okay are these are, are and is anyone on this short list here okay cool so we don't know who's going to be on the podium today but if anyone's <laughs> there we, we kind of have an idea of of what that is so yeah. so i i like I, I like developing and kind of bringing in like the the whole next generation of female athlete because i agree um i mean y'all are 50 percent of the planet you know last time i checked uh, something, something like that. 51. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I forget men are in the minority. Yes. Uh, (laughs) so it, it it would, it it would make sense a, just because we want to have the most people out there because let's be honest here. OCR, there's two ways of doing it. There's the way that we do it, which is we go out there and we just race to the absolute max and we kill ourselves and the feeling is amazing, but during it, it's terrible. And then there is just the fact that it's a giant grown-up playground where you just run around, jump a climb over things, you know, like just, it is, it is exactly recess as a kid, but for grown-ups and we can get dirty and not care and then have a beer afterward. I mean, is there any better sport? And I also defy defy people to tell me other sports that we can do this on the everyday weekend warrior athlete at any level can come out and do the exact same thing course obstacles as the absolute best and pinnacle in the world at the sport Mm -hmm. i don't know of any other sport i mean well track and field but i mean that's a simple one i'm sorry just, just besides like road running. Yeah. Yeah. Just besides standard running, be able to be like, Oh, okay. Hey, can I go out on onto the field with the football players? No, you cannot. OCR. <laughs> yeah. Come on in. Let's, let's have a good time where everyone's going to come out here and have a blast. I lo- and it, it's oh. a feeling that I don't think we, you can really get at any other sport or sporting event really. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I think that uh, the community is awesome. I think that the, the course, it just kind of brings up this like primal, super fun, you, call, you called it like a kid's playground type of feel. And it's something where, yeah, anyone benefits from it. So definitely want to get more women into the sport. And then also want to see that level of competition on the women's side progress a little bit more. So you see more epic battles, more, more lead changes, um, more, you know, diversity in terms of who you see on the podium as well. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the goal behind the dream team was to identify and foster some of those up and coming athletes in the sport and just kind of create an opportunity for other people who are looking in and seeing like, okay, like if I get into this sport, like what, what is the opportunity at the, at the higher levels? Like, are there, are there sponsorships? Are there, you know, is there, is there help for people? And so this is trying to to make a way for people to more easily jump in and improve quicker. So that's the whole Mm -hmm. goal behind dream team. 
And what happened was I announced this team, I had a really amazing response and there was this obvious need for the same type of, the same type of commitment to the female side of the sport, but for a larger audience. So Mm -hmm. people were asking for just a bigger voice in terms of women's OCR in general. And so I also was able to start Elevate, which is a community group um, led by a ton of some of the best racers in OCR that, that like we're now seeing in like consistently the top 10 in all the Spartan races. Um, you know, I will also see some of them at OCRWC, which brings up actually Chrissy. I bet Chrissy's going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I'm, I'm there. quite sure on that as well. Yes. Yeah. So she's one of my regional leaders and uh, yeah, basically brought the, this team of women together And the idea is to have a way to just kind of develop community on the women's side and really encourage more women to get into the sport, give them some resources of experts and access to those elite athletes for just general advice and encouragement. And so, yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to build right now. Awesome. Now, and, and on kind of, continuing down that path. So, so especially, you know, just accessibility and trying to get more women in the sport in general too. pretty much all of the, all of like the main, like big coaching scheme of not schemes, but like kind of plans and people that we have we seen like for the past decade have all been, you know, Yancey Culp, Brocken, you know, everything like that. So with what you're building with Elevate, not just that, but do you also see that, as that new generation of female athletes kind of come into the sport, that those of you who are the best in the world at what we do kind of become the female coaching platform. And would, uh, do you think that that would, and for, I, I guess the answer to that is yes, anyway, because <laughs> the response you've already gotten with Elevate, but, but that in general to where we're, guys, we do our best to understand everything about women and fail horrifically uh, <laughs> <laughs> on, on a plethora no, in of your items. Defense, you're not always educated in the, <laughs> the realm of females, so it's okay. Um, yeah, well played, I, well played. It's, it's all about like representation, right? And, and yes, like when you look at the, the world of coaching and OCR, it is also male dominated. Not even that, when you look at the race structures, when you look at the owners of the, the, the OCR, so all the OCR brands. Yeah. The race. Yeah. The, like the brand owners, the race directors, coaches, it just happens that most of those people are male. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would like to see more females in all of those roles as well. And, and so that's part of the, the whole program with Elevate and Dream Team is to not only help women, but also highlight the women that we already have in those kind of positions. So Right now we have Brit coaching, which is led by Faye, one of those yep. stars. Um, and so, so she's one of our coaches, her and her, her fellow coach, Jess McConnell, who she's not an OCR, but she's an amazing 5k Canadian Olympian. And then um, I brought in my friend, Nell Rojas, who has dabbled in OCR. She uh, had some immediate success, but marathon pulled her back 
And for good reason, she Mm -hmm. was able to place ninth at the trials, which is amazing. (laughs) Wow. So, um, yeah, so we have a team of women leaders as well. We've got female coaches, we've got uh, mental performance coaches, nutritionists, and, um, and that's the whole idea too, is just to kind of like highlight and promote these other female brands too. Sweet. Now on creating more, rep- more female representation just in the sport as well. What do you, so with Elevate kind of being the, the first step and the coaching and getting the athletes in, what do you see as like, kind of like the next logical step from there? Like what, 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 what's in, in the grand scheme of things, what, what, what's kind of like the, what do you see as the next big step for that? Uh, you know, I, on, I was actually just kind of thinking about things last night, kind of just kind of like brainstorming too, like what type of things I would want to do from here. And I think it will be led somewhat by what people need and what they want. But also I think that some things that are not out of the realm of possibility are training camps. I think that I've been wanting to do some somewhat of a, a tour of different OCR athletes. Uh, so I would love to go and and stay and kind of pick the brains of different, different OCR athletes across the country. Um, and I think that would be kind of like a cool way to highlight different leaders in the sport. You know, I, I, I would even love to like put on an obstacle course race. So yeah, I think that it's, it's probably going to evolve into several different things, but right now the focus on is on just getting really quality information out on mental performance, nutrition, coaching, and trying to, to figure out how we can best um, motivate and encourage women to get into OCR and to excel and to reach their goals. Sweet. All right. Now moving, kind of changing gears, but kind of moving, moving back a little bit. So in the next four weeks, all of us who are set are going to descend on that Vermont mountain again, with the addition of that other of the newest race format from the last OCR World, uh, World Championship, the hundred meter race, which is an amazingly fun and brutal event. Absolutely love the format, and kind of we were talking about getting uh, kind of getting more things seen. What do you think is more so the best uh, representation of the sport in term? You know, this is just general opinion here, but what do you, what do you think is kind of like the best, uh, race representation of the sport? Do you think it's that super mega short, just absolute blitz hundred meter or something like a, like the three or the 15 K is kind of like, you know, if, if someone were looking at OCR for the first time, what's kind of like the gold standard, do you think, uh, like distance and things of that effect for, for what OCR means to most people? I, I both love and hate this topic because there's two different camps, I would say. There's the camp of, oh, this is the way that that OCR has been done. And this is what, this is like, there be people want to base what OCR should look like on what it historically has been. Mm-hmm. And then there's another camp of like, just like complete innovation and like, oh, you know, let's disregard the history of OCR and let's see what we can make OCR into. And so if you look at the origins of OCR, 
We see courses that are very much off trail. If we look at like Spartan in particular, a lot of people want to focus on Spartan because um, it's one of the major players. We see a lot of mountainous courses and then we see things like burpees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we've, we've all got thoughts on those. A lot of people have thoughts on those too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I guess on the flip side, if you think of think of OCR in terms of the future, in terms of potentially wanting to have it in the Olympics, in terms of wanting to have regulation, having it be more spectator friendly, maybe having like a, a more diverse set of athletes, then that kind of brings up the question of, should we have courses on flatter courses? Should we have courses maybe even looped, maybe even on the track, maybe even something like short courses? Um, something closer to Ninja Warrior, yeah. even. I, I remember I remember when Spartan did, I think it was like a three or a four lap course. I oh I can't I can't remember if it was at like the the Dallas Stadium race where it was four laps of a course and they also had to yeah, like shoot like with a laser pistol as one of the obstacles, mm-hmm. like they, they, they went full combination of track and field sprint with OCR with biathlon and just said, just throw it all together and see what happens in the pot. Uh-huh. So one, one thing I will, I will say about, about Spartan in that they're, they're, they're set in their ways with their obstacles. Uh, I will say that of the brands, I think that they have thrown the most at the fan compared to, to most uh, to, to most other brands in terms of experimentation, because like I also did their uh, their their 800 meter uh, test race that they did in the in the Austin race as well, where yeah. it was it was like or Spartan X. Have you heard of that? Yes, saw Spartan X, and then we have the Spartan Games as well, which yeah. I'm going to talk to you about yeah. that in a second. <laughs> and, and and then you know their their High Rocks competitor as well. So while so while you know while we rag on them a lot for, they have the same obstacles, they have burpees and things like that. I will say that of people like just throwing stuff in the air and seeing, you know, seeing what happens they're they're kind of the only ones doing that. And sometimes, you know, at their own financial detriment, but I think that that's one of the best ways to kind of grow the sport is someone's got to throw the money out there and see what happens. And then to your point of the second camp of people is, is what can we turn OCR into? Yeah. And I, and as somebody who comes from a track and field background, I do value having a array of different distances and an array of different types of courses. So I love seeing a short 3k that's flat. And then I also love seeing a super mountainous, you know, half marathon course. And I think it, it really shows that there's not one type of OCR athlete, even like a lot of people want to just mm-hmm. say like, OCR athletes are the most well-rounded, you know, like kind of like the same talk that CrossFit gets a lot. Like this is the fittest person on earth, but really like you, even if you think about the, some of the most dominant athletes in the sport. So I'll, I'll say Lindsay. Lindsay is one of the most dominant athletes in the sport. She has an incredible winning streak and she is a phenomenal athlete and she has been super, super dominant in the, the Spartan realm, especially. And, but, and, but her- and, and, and I'll, and I'll go along with you on that. And because a lot of people will say, 
Hobie calls the goat. John Alpin's the goat. In terms of just wins, Lindsay's the goat. Like when yeah, it comes, yeah. yeah, totally. And and I'll use her as an example because you have somebody like Lindsay who is really just like mm. super super dominant. She has more wins than I think any other athlete, male or female, in the sport. Um, but even if you take her, someone who is kind of like the undeniable goat of the sport, and you put her into a three k. You know, like myself, Becca, Ida, even um, there's like there's like three or four people right now where, as I would say, like we're kind of still in a young time of OCR that can that can beat her in that. So I think it just goes to show that there's there's different athletes, even in OCR and uh, a 3K race is very different than a mountain race. And it doesn't mean that it's like. I don't know. They're like, they're just different sports. They're just different Mm -hmm. events. So yeah, I think it would be cool to see even something like a hundred. And, and I say that, and I think, I don't, I don't think I would excel at a hundred. That's like kind of probably I would say too short for me, but I think someone like Amy Padgett would, we'd see her come out and just like blow the field away. And yeah, Yeah. just, just nuke the obstacles as they come up just without even really looking at them. Cause I've, (laughs) I've seen some of the routes that she climbs. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Just insane. And I think that's awesome. I think it's really cool to see, see different athletes highlighted. So I, I, I would, would, I would like to see more diversity when it comes to what different events look like. Um, and I don't think that just because, you know, OCR racing has historically been on mountains, off trail, whatever, super heavy carries or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think that means that that's how we have to proceed for in the future. And yeah. especially if we do want it to be in the Olympics, it can't proceed like that, actually. Um, that's been pretty clear based on the regulations and the rules that the Olympics, that you have to abide by in order to, to become an Olympic sport. And just because Olymp- the Olympic OCR sport is going to look different, that's 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 okay. I think yeah. And, and I wonder if that would then kind of like spawn like a sister sport. So there's, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the, the true soul OCR over here. And then there's like the, the mega regulated, uh, like mm-hmm. Olympic side of it. And yeah. given that we're kind of already a niche sport to begin with, it's one of those, would that second one then be, be able to survive or would it only get the top tier athletes? And then everyone else kind of look at it and go like, Eh, uh, I just, I, I'll go run this one, have a beer after, you know, <laughs> I think it would appeal to a different set of athletes. I think it would only bring more people into the sport. Uh, I, yeah. It's, so I'm, and oh yeah, like we were talking about earlier, some like track and field athletes looking for something new, like something like that as well. Yeah. Tri, triathletes. Yeah, oh yeah. Triathlon, you have Xterra, you have Olympic distance, you have Ironman. And, you know, for instance, like Ironman, they, they're like to me they're kind of like the spartan right so they're the ones that um maybe 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 they don't want to change in order to be in the olympics but but they are able to retain their brand and their type of races and they just attract a different type of athlete yeah and 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 speaking of that as well i mean we we already saw you know josiah at you know the spartan games and he's, you know, he, he's in there in the, in the national series, having some fun as well. So 
so we, we kind of already see some of the, some more of those guys coming over. I mean, uh, Robert Killian came over originally from the world of triathlons as well, too. Correct. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And kind so. of going back to like something like the hundred, I think if that were to be bolstered a little bit more, I think it would garner more attention from climbers, which is a growing sport in the U S especially. Mm. And I, I think it would, it would not surprise me at all if the hundred if the hundred meter OCR race was just completely taken over by climbers. Yeah, it, it would. Oh man, I, I've, Ooh, I do not want the, what the responsibility of having to design that course <laughs> <laughs> of what we were speaking of earlier, because that it's like, how do you, how do you make a hundred meter course that is, that is just that dynamic, but also able to just go through that quickly, man. I, I and, and you know what? You're right. I, I, I can see, speed climbers and boulderers all up in that hundred, hundred meter course, just going with some of the craziness. Oh yeah. I would say, I don't know if you're, if you remember the course from last, last time, not last year, last time OCRWC was held. Yep. hundred meter course to me, it had, it had too many nets in it. Too many cargo nets. Yeah. So it was, if I, if I remember really fast course. (laughs) Yeah. So, so we, so we started on our stomachs and then we, it was, I think a series of four under overs an immediate U-turn to a slip wall net jump out of that. And then it was a, uh, kind of a trapezoid parallelogram cargo net that we had to go into Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a, another left turn to something that kind of looked like a, a circuit board from Ninja Warrior, but we didn't have rings. It was just a top and bottom thing. We had to traverse that mm-hmm. turn back around. And then we had the mouse holes, or at least what I call them, where we had to start low and then navigate your way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then immediately after that was the Tarzan swing to yet another net. So so the grab the net, go underneath, traverse, and then it was the shortened urban sky. All of all of that in the hundred meter. Yeah, and and what I would like to see is more rigs. If you if you want something to slow people down a bit, throw in some more walls. That's fine. Um, I just think that a cargo net, it's awkward. It doesn't look great in terms of you know when you when you see. I think you could put like the the most graceful athlete on a cargo net and they're going to look awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Cargo nets do no one any favors at all. (laughs) (laughs) To me, there's also more variability there too. It's, it kind of depends on like where you like happen to like, like how that cargo net's hanging potentially, like if it's really loose, then Mm -hmm. there can be a little bit of variability there. So just having things as, as even as possible and as like clean as possible to me means more, more rigs, more walls, um, and less nets, but I'm also not a race director. I don't know the struggles that go into that. And so mm-hmm. I also don't want to be too harsh. <laughs> we, we, can, we can speak from the peanut gallery all we want until we're, until we're in the shoes and be like, uh Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so, and so another thing I wanted to cover, uh, and we kind of touched on it a second ago were the Spartan games. So, that looked like an absolutely amazing competition. I'm not kidding on days where it is 
thunderstorming and whatnot, and I have to do something on my treadmill upstairs for a long while and all that, I'll typically put on one of those episodes because they're about an hour long. So it'll get me through a workout and it's just a great thing to watch. But in terms of like the, you know, just the experience and the overall just kind of ambiance of what that was and what you all were there to do kind of tell us about your experience from, from that whole week or weekend. You know, I have a lot of mixed feelings when it comes to Spartan games and I've, I've been pretty vocal about that. Um, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that it, it was not what I thought it was going to be. I don't think that anyone at Spartan was trying to mislead me or anyone else. I think it just kind of happened. <laughs> just something got lost in translation here, there. Yeah. I think a, a little bit of miscommunication, a little bit of, you know, you, you want to get these athletes to the, to this event. And so you want to tell them that the, there will be events there that they will excel at. But I think it was, I think it was exaggerated a bit. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, I mean, I, I went there, I was also injured. I was like, I was nursing an injury at the time. And that's never how you want to go into anything, especially a four day, a four day event where you have to be on for about three or four events a day. <laughs> so part of it is just that my situation going into the event was not ideal at all. And basically I, like, I shouldn't have been there, but I, but we hadn't been competing all year and I really wanted to do it. I was already out there. <laughs> and so, um, and I was encouraged to just like, come show up, try if I wasn't going to be able to complete it, that was going to be okay as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, so I would say that's kind of like the, the negative about it was that, um, it wasn't what I expected it to be. And some people will say like, oh, well that's Spartan, you know, that's like part of, that's part of Spartan. Like, <laughs> like you, you can't be prepared for everything. And, and true, you, you know, come. But right we in. also have a general idea of what we're going to do at every Spartan race. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's, so, so there, there's a level of preparedness that we all come to the table with at every standard Spartan event, less so much of, hey, come out to this uh, thing this weekend, and we're going to have some cool mountain racing and running and some other things. It's like, what, what was that last part? No, you, uh, I what? No, no. <laughs> oh, you know, just, just some wrestling, some like heavy weightlifting. We're going to do an open water, incredibly freezing swim. <laughs> That's just Vermont. Uh, I, I learned that my very first, the third race I ever did was the 2013 or 20, I can't remember 20, 2012 or 13 ultra beast in Killington, Vermont. That was a stupid idea first off. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the lakes that they have uh, at everywhere in Vermont, doesn't matter what time of year it is. Doesn't matter how sunny it is. Uh, you're going to get in and uh, the oxygen will leave your lungs immediately. Uh, so I can only imagine how long did you have to be in that water? Was it like an hour or something like that? I, just, I think it was 40 minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> Which, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I like swimming. I, I really enjoy it. I incorporate it into my normal training, even when I'm not injured. But swimming in open water that you can't see through and, and having it be really cold is shocking it's super disorienting and i found that it's that it's like quite anxiety producing things that i didn't exactly know (laughs) was gonna happen so yeah so i i uh 
I, I guess I would say that as, as somebody who currently is trying to, to, to be somewhat focused in my, in my like athletic career, I'm trying to be the best at something like pretty particular. It just wasn't, it, it wasn't like I had no business being at the Spartan games basically. <laughs> and now, now with, with that kind of sentiment kind of addressed and kind of not out of the way, but do yeah. you see, do you see Spartan games, you know, cause we kind of already have it ish with DECA, but do you see Spartan games being kind of a more regular interval, not necessarily something that happens with the frequency of a standard event or, or, or a DECA strong or heavier, anything like that. But do you see that being like a, like an annual or biannual event or something like that? I think it was successful for them. I think that they want to do it again. And I would, I would really like to see that too. So even though I didn't have a good experience, I still think it was a really cool event. I just think that the athletes should know just kind of generally what they're getting into and and basically then they can make their decision. Like, are they actually going to spend their time and their money to go to this event and, and like, and they'll be able to weigh the risk of injury. And, and if that is all transparent and clear, then like, why not, why not have an event, tell them, even tell them like, look, there's, there's going to be a lot of things that are, that are going to put you out of your comfort zone and a lot of things that you're not going to be prepared for. But S- sending him a diagram. Here is your wheelhouse. <laughs> your wheelhouse. This is where you're going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I which I get it. Like that that was part of their angle for the whole games, and it made for a very interesting situation, and it made and made for interesting experience for everybody. I don't think it would have been nearly as interesting had everyone been a Spartan athlete, and had we been doing all of the typical Spartan things. Mm-hmm. That's just what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, oh. but you're, you, you know, you don't always like, you know, what you want and what maybe like you need or like what's like more interesting is different. <laughs> it, exactly. It's just kind of like, oh, this is, oh, oh, that. <laughs> okay. We'll give that a shot. See what happens. And then after, after the fact, be like, hey, that, feel for pretty good left or right or maybe but we'll we'll see how it plays out yeah now so i do so i at, hope it happens again i hope it happens again i hope they get athletes from all different kinds of of backgrounds i do and have I to say that was really i think that was the the real coolest part about it because you know like like we're saying earlier these ones you're going to be comfortable with these ones not and the fact that i mean the fact that spartan on the very first one was able to get that many people from that many different like and and not not just like hey we have we have a next chair racer no we have josiah well okay so they 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 got some they got some big big hitters uh, kind of from each level of it i i do think that some of it was somewhat luck and and when i say luck i mean that there is a global pandemic that that the world was on fire and and no one had anything else to do yeah there's that definitely um i think it would be very hard to get to get a a you know a diverse group of athletes that are all in their prime especially like because there was i i would i would also say like some of the athletes there like maybe they had had been successful in certain things, but they might've been like a little bit out of their, out of their sport. But so, yeah, so I think that to really, truly get like a diverse field of athletes that are all like 
right in their prime and they're and they're like it's a and, true of like sports that's hard and competing schedules through the year given yeah. their sports and all that as well it's yep impossible like i i think they i think spartan did a great job of pulling people together will they be able to do that in the future with maybe a pandemic not in the full throes i don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. will it still be entertaining probably so and 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 with that, so it kind of kind of leads me to the kind of the the the, the end topic for today, and so mentioning, yes, Spartan Games happened during a pandemic when no one really had much going on. Obviously, no events. Everyone was just kind of training, but just kind of aim, you know, not necessarily aimlessly training, but it was one of those I'm training for the event in the sky that I have no idea when that's going to be. So. Something that I'm sure you you've worked with with your elevate athletes as well, but what what advice do you have for the 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 more kind of everyday athlete in general, not just OCR athlete that has, for lack of a better term, gotten rusty, and you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of us have had some time to gather a good amount of rust over over this time. So what? What do you, what's your advice for really being able to kind of turn that around? Because it looks like we have some light coming at the end of the tunnel over the next few months, provided, you know, things go well with certain things won't go into that. That's not what this podcast is about, but what's going to be the things uh, that are kind of paramount for, for anyone to really kind of focus on upfront to really start kicking that rust off and kind of get back in the game more in general. I think that picking out a more low-key race and having that as like your rust buster before some major event is excellent. Not everybody has that luxury, um, whether you know they can't get to a race, they want something close by. And so definitely doing something that would simulate a race day is is needed for sure. I think that a lot of people understand that, but people don't always understand that they need to simulate everything. So, you know, do it at the time you're going to race, eat what you're going to eat on race day, practice your fueling during that, that like simulation workout as well. So in as much as you can control and make things as close to specific for race day as possible, do that. And that's, that's the best way you can, you can handle it. So mentally prepare, like you're going to prepare, do everything. Like, like even like wear the same, like test your clothes, wear the same outfit, wear your race day gear, which also kind of helps to get you in, into that kind of like mental, that, that, that like race mindset as well. Exactly. It's like, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm donning the robes of combat. Not, not, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go put on my workout shorts and see what happens today. Yeah. No, like plan, plan for it. So I would, I would say an excellent time to do, to do that kind of last race simulation prep would be about two weeks before do something. It doesn't have to be as long, probably shouldn't be as long, especially if you're doing like the 15 K but you have to have a a sizable workout that closely resembles what kind of stresses you're going to see. So for OCR WC, that means a ton of grip things, ton of pull-ups, We've seen, especially in recent years, some like pretty heavy elements as well. I don't know if the yoke is going to be there or if we'll just have the 50 pound rec bag, but those are the, the typical things. Yeah. The yoke, the yoke has always been evil. 
<laughs> That's always been a fun one. And, and, and also, and in terms of simulating all the things, I think also probably be beneficial to, you know, if, if there's like a trail or a location to where, to your point, to where you can use that to simulate some of the other things. Like, um, you know, I'm living in South Texas, mountains are not a thing down here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that I have plenty of really big, heavy rocks that I don't have to, so I don't have to worry about taking a 50 pound rec bag two miles into the trail and then staging <laughs> it so I can do my simulation and all that. So I think, I think also another good one is kind of looking up and scouting the right location for you to do the test because I, because I think this, the simulation should be, I get somewhat familiar, but at the same time, also still kind of have an element to where you're not still fully sure of everything that you're going to be running into out there. So maybe it's like a, a trail that you've done like twice and you can't really, and you don't remember exactly what the foot positioning is going to be because you've only run it twice before and things of that effect as well. Just kind of get used to that guessing game that we always have out there on race day too. Yep. Yeah. There, there is an element, uh, a degree of uncertainty when it comes to the course. I don't know many people that are able to walk the entire 15 K course beforehand. So, <laughs> and, and if, and I think the only people that are, are putting on the event, uh, <laughs> as it should be really, to be honest, uh, if, if anyone's running the entire course beforehand, ah, well, that's just my opinion on that one. We'll, we'll split hairs later. Um, right. I guess to also answer your, your question in part, I would say that, um, for anyone else who OCR or not out there who feels a little bit rusty, I would say pick a goal, pick an event, pick either, yeah, like pick a, a race to do, pick an event to do, or just set a goal for yourself. And even if it isn't like the sport that you're doing, like if you're an OCR yeah. athlete and like you said earlier, if you can't get to a race, hey, there's, there's a 10K going on in three weeks kind of thing like yeah. that. So pick something new, use this as an opportunity to do something different. That's, that's kind of been my entire motto during my recovery process has been like, okay, I, I can't race right now. I can't train like I'd like to. And so what other goals can I set for myself, whether physical or something else in life? And what other, what other kind of experiences can I get right now that I would otherwise not be able to? I like that. And I think with that, we'll be able to end it with there. So this is just this has been a good time. Thank you very much for being able to join me this evening. Just talk all things kind of OCR and just out and about for you know kind of what's been going on going on the past year. OCR Worlds this year. It's been great. Thanks for having me. I I can't I can't wait to see everyone out there. It's it's good. It's been far too long since I've been able to just see and interact with most of the field. So I think that this is going to be just a welcome gathering of just family, because I, I think that's kind of how every obstacle race feels in general. But it's going to be even more so this year out there. I think it's going to be great. All right. Well, again, thank you again. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to me ramble for the past hour. It's been fun, and we will be seeing you guys out on the course. Enjoy the rest of however much you have to go today. 